0: Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small teams, businesses, and organizations between 2 to 50 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. This week, I want to talk about uh, the hard thing about uh, disagree and commit. And if you're not aware, disagree and commit is this uh, concept that was popularized by Jeff Bezos in the like 2016 uh, sh- Amazon Shareholders Letter. Um, And Bezos uh, has this thing where he says that um, certain decisions uh, are better made if they are made quickly, right? And so therefore, one technique that he suggests people use and that he says that he himself uses quite often is this concept of disagree and commit. Uh, How you use it is, you you know, uh, you say when you disagree with your boss or when you disagree with your subordinate, you say, um, I don't agree with this for a bunch of reasons, but I disagree and commit and we should just go ahead and see what happens. And the section of the shareholders letter that I'm going to quote um, reads like this, right? Uh, Bezos writes, this phrase will save a lot of time. If you have conviction on a particular direction, even though there's no consensus, it's helpful to say, look, I know we disagree on this, but will you gamble with me on it? Disagree and commit? Um, And by the time you're at this point, no one can know the answer for sure, and you probably get a quick yes. And Bezos writes this sort of as an interesting inversion of the typical situation. Uh, if you think about it, as a manager, very often your boss would tell you to do something that you completely disagree with. And I think it happens more often because as a manager now, you have more organizational contacts. Um, when you are an individual contributor and you disagree... It tends to be on smaller things, like how to implement something. Uh, Very rarely, uh, or or rather less uh, common, is disagreeing for a strategic direction or having an opinion on a particular implementation of a feature. Um, Be that as it may, as a manager, you're going to be placed in a lot of situations where you basically are stuck between your subordinates, who probably share your opinion because they share your worldview, And you disagree with your boss, right? And you have to find this way, this middle ground where you disagree with your boss, but you have to bring your entire team around to whatever he or she says should be done. And Bezos inverts this, right? He says that, like, you can use this as a technique when you are a subordinate trying to convince your boss or when you are the manager and you tr- you're you trying to convince your subordinates uh, to commit to something that they disagree with. Uh, and he gave an example later in the letter about uh, the Amazon Studios thing, where there was some-, some show that he disagreed with, that he thought it would be, you know, a huge amount of money and a low probability for success. But then he said like, okay, you know, I'll disagree and commit. Let's go make this movie or documentary series. And I hope that it becomes successful. And I hope that it's like the most watched thing that we've produced so far. Um, so that's the context for disagreeing, commit, and this week I'm going to talk about what's difficult about this, right? Because it sounds easy, and it sounds it sounds like you know it it's, it's an ideal world. You can just use this uh, technique, and you would do much better in your negotiations and your practice as a manager. Um, and I think I I I'm going to link to this in the show notes. Uh, there was a particularly good post by Andrew Bosworth, uh, famously known as Boss, who is one of the highest ranking engineering leaders in Facebook. And Boss writes that disagree and commit is actually really difficult. And the difficult part is the commit part, right? Because like, if you disagree with some direction that your boss tells you to take, um, naturally, it will be difficult for you to commit to that direction, given that there's so many probably good reasons for you to disagree to that direction. Um, and I want to talk about this in a slightly different way. Uh, I think most of the podcast episodes, as well as most of the articles in Management for Startups, has been written from a perspective of, I've done this, it works, uh, it's brought me great success, um, and here's how I managed to do it, and you know, let me share it with you so that you, maybe you can sort of copy it and use it in your own practice. But in this episode, I believe that uh, my failure to properly disagree and commit is possibly, I, I, I think um, on reflection, it's my biggest mistake as a manager in my previous role. Uh, and how this happened was that I often disagreed with the direction of the company. Um, I was high enough in the organization and early enough in the organization to uh, not only know the context for many strategic moves that my boss decided, my boss was the founder of the company, uh, but I also because I grew with the company, I sort of understood many of the broader concerns around the industry around us. Um, so I very, very often disagreed with the sort of projects that my boss would do. And where I, you know my where my biggest mistake uh, emerged was the way I communicated these disagree and commit scenarios, right? Because very often my boss would say, you know, Cedric, like I've heard all your objections, um, but I'm still gonna go ahead with this move. And then when I communicate this to the rest of my team, uh, keeping in mind that I ran the entire engineering, office, uh, like everything related to software development and new product development was under my purview in the Vietnam office, Uh, when I communicate this news to them, I would often grouch about uh, all the reasons that I thought it was a stupid idea, uh, about all the, you know, like I've argued x, y, and z, but then my boss didn't agree with me. And as a result, my team probably, not probably, I know for sure that my team had a biased view of my boss. And this was really bad. I mean, like. As a manager, I am the representative of the company. Uh, I do need to make sure that the company's needs are prioritized and balanced with the needs of my people. And I think it's totally possible to balance between the two needs without grouching or talking bad about my boss. And I did it so often that I knew that this was a mistake when I left um, one of my subordinates because we still keep in touch. I still keep in touch with most of them. He said to me, Cedric, you know, you gave me a very bad impression of uh, boss, the, the boss. And I thought that he was less reso- reasonable than he actually is. And I was very surprised when I had to deal with him directly, now that you're gone, that he was actually easy to talk to. And I knew immediately uh, that I had made a huge mistake. And this is something that I never want to repeat ever again. Um, so what could I have done, right? Like, what what could I have done differently if I were to... to, to Push through or be in a similar situation where I'm a middle manager and I have to execute something uh, that I disagreed vehemently with, right? Um, so, to be fair to me, first of all, I must say that even though I disagreed loudly and I grouch and I complain and I portrayed my boss in a bad light, I did commit fully. And I think that's like the only saving grace here. No matter how much I grouch, I actually did execute it, uh, execute whatever plan it was with 100% of my effort. Um, I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing because very often uh, the criticisms that I made eventually did come true, and so there was an element of Schadenfreude uh, where where like the thing failed or like four months down the line everything that I said would be a problem became a problem, and then we all suffered together. Um, but. Uh, I did commit, right? I did actually execute and I was an effective uh, member of the team in that sense because if my boss wanted to go in this direction, I made sure that we actually did go down in that direction successfully and we executed well on that path. Um, the other thing that I think I did well and that I wouldn't change is that I did manage to, I mean, apart from having some uh, schadenfreude when things didn't go right, you know, didn't go well and everything that I complained about came true, um, I... I, I, when things did go well, when I got it wrong and my boss was right and his direction turned out to be okay, I did, uh, I'm quite proud of the fact that I did own up to my mistakes and I did say like, hey, you know, I, I got this wrong and, and um, my boss, the boss, was actually right on this. Um, even retrospectively, even like, maybe it takes two months before it becomes clear that I was wrong. But I did remember and I did bring it up in front of my team. Um, what I would do differently, I think, is, as I alluded to earlier in this episode, I said that I could disagree and execute just like I did, but without all the grouching, right? I I should have probably taken the emotion out of the situation. I should have said, uh, the boss wants it to be done this way. I disagree for a couple of reasons. but I think because he sees more than we do, we're going to execute it anyway, and then we're going to see what happens, right? Or or we're going to execute it because this is, you know, I've already made my complaints heard, my complaints are are X, Y, and Z, but my boss, I mean, the boss still overrides because he thinks it's important enough or like it's worth taking the strategic hit or the whatever negative thing that's going to happen would be outweighed by the benefits. To some degree, uh, I already knew that this was the right way to do it, but I didn't actually pull it off and I didn't pull it off with the, the, you know, the bright line nuance of never crossing into grouching. The second thing I think I would have done is I would have taken a bit more time every time such a situation happened to listen or ask. Well, I usually listen. I mean, like meetings, you have to listen, but I should have asked for the full contacts and we were a remote team so the decision makers half of them were in singapore or like most of them were in singapore actually my boss was in singapore and i was shuttling back and forth but 90% of my time i w- was spent in vietnam and very often such decisions would be made on a phone call and we tried to keep uh, our calls short like through video conferencing and my boss would not tell me the full context like he wouldn't tell me what's going on in the broader organization and then i would have to wait to the end of the month when i fly to, when i flew to singapore before i found out what went into the decision. And in retrospect, I should have sort of recognized all such situations before they happen, and said like, hey, you know, like tell me the full context, tell me why you think this is a good idea and why my objections don't fly, um, because I need to know to be able to sell this to the team. And I think uh, most bosses, I know my boss in particular, would have uh, been okay with this, uh, even if he would like needed to schedule a follow-up meeting to sort of explain things to me. Um, I think because he was, he's always in a rush when you're in a, you're running a business, you are always busy with something. So often he would forget to, to give me the full context until I was actually there and able to sit down for a meal with him. Um, And I think most bosses should be okay if you present it in terms of, you know, in order to guarantee effectiveness of execution, I need to be able to sell this to the team, and it would help if you give me your, you know, your full reasoning so that I can present the reasoning and say that, hey, you know, like, uh, I've already raised these objections, but these objections are outweighed by whatever calculus that you've done in your head to, say, go ahead with this path. Um, And I think that these two things would help a lot and would have prevented my subordinates from having this overly biased, overly negative view of my uh, boss. And I plan to never make this mistake again. I hope that this reflection in this episode is useful to you. I'm not sure like if this is, I mean, I'm sure like some of you will probably think this is common sense, uh, but I think it's still helpful to sort of learn from other people's mistakes. And in this case, you can learn from mine. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll see you next week. Cedric out.